Welcome to The Run Loop, a show about iOS developers and their interviews. I'm Marco Arment. <laughs> Hello, I'm Colin Donnell, and you're listening to Episode 7 of The Run Loop, a weekly discussion about designing and developing iOS and Mac apps. Today's guests are Gus Mueller and Marco Arment. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so we're... We are currently live at WWDC. We are uh, in Marco's hotel room. He was very gracious to, uh, you know, let us use this space. So thanks. This space. It sounds really fancy when you call it a space. Yeah, we're live in, we're live in your, uh, your, your mobile studio. Yes, the space in the left half of my hotel room. Yeah. I don't know. This, this, is, a, uh, this is actually a pretty serious mobile setup, though. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, pretty. It's, uh, no one ever accused me of, of, you know, going underboard on gear. If that's, that's not a word. Is it underboard? Underboard? No. It's the opposite of overboard. Yeah. 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 Underboard. Yeah. That, that's the thing now. We're going we're gonna to use that. Your app is overboard, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 It's a surfing app. Good. Uh, so anyways, we're live at WWDC. And, uh, you know, obviously this has been, I think, a, bit, a pretty big one, right, for a lot of people. Uh, and I thought that, you know, I know like on ATP and like on you know, other shows, they're talking a lot about, you know, what was new this year. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, but uh, I thought maybe just going through the keynote wouldn't be like the most interesting thing we could talk about since other people have covered that at length. Uh, and so I was thinking maybe we could talk about the past. And like, this is the first year that they brought it back to San Jose. So maybe we could, uh, you know, say how that makes us feel, et cetera, et cetera. But before we start, I forgot the important thing. Maybe you guys could each say how people might know you, et cetera. Well, I'm Gus Mueller. I'm CC Gus on Twitter, and I've written a couple of Mac applications, most notably Acorn, which is an image editor. And uh, I also did a wiki desktop thing in the past called Voodoo Badge. So, yeah. Yeah, which are both fantastic apps. And Marco, how would, how would, how would people know you? Um, I have a couple of podcasts, like Top 4 and Under the Radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do something called the Accidental Tech Podcast and an app called Overcast. Cool. All right, so let me look at my list here. That I made, that I wrote at the hotel bar of the uh, of the Fairmont, like a pro podcaster, like a pro podcaster who makes an outline. All right, so I thought, uh, Mark, what was your first WWDC? It was two thousand nine, uh, the year of the wonderful backpack as the swag, which mm-hmm. I have right over there, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was you know I it was really quite something. I, I really came away from there. Um, quite enthusiastic about Apple and about development. I had been, I was still working full time at Tumblr, but I, I had Instapaper on the side. And so I was an iOS developer on the side, but it was still not my main job. So it was really thrilling for me to finally, like, you know, come out here because I really, I, I liked it more than my day job at that point. Um, and I, it was more interesting. It was this cool new cutting edge thing, but my day job was only web development. That was my job at Tumblr. And so, I never had time to do this. So like to 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 come out here for my side project, which was you know very very generously funded by my day job, who mm-hmm. knew that this was my side project. Um, it was really it was like a big thrill to finally see this world in person, to to participate in it, and for it to be like a real thing I did as opposed to just this hobby I had on the side. Yeah, so was that was uh, so you hadn't really been to any like community events or anything before that? Not at all. I mean, the the community. You know, I, I live in the suburbs of New York, and mm-hmm. so it's there really is not a huge community there. There's some like in the city, but I I wouldn't really go to those events, and they were they were much smaller and a very different focus. You know, most of like the the like you know indie Mac scene and and the the early parts of back then of the indie iOS scene, most of that was pretty dispersed geographically and the few concentration areas were definitely not near me so 2009 was also my first wwdc that i had a ticket uh i came for like a day in 2008 and uh hung out with some people met a lot of people but uh 2009 was the first was actually my first wwc too uh and yeah, I think that's the year they released the 3gs yeah which i remember i ordered from the keynote which was really exciting for me um and I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember before, you know, the pr- making apps for the pre-3GS, right, was the memory was so constrained. I remember when that phone came out, it was just like, oh, you can just do anything now. Like, Oh, yeah. You had, like, 
But you had 22 megabytes before that, remember? Yeah. <laughs> that was like how much you could actually use, and after that, you were just killed. Yeah. And then it was all of a sudden you had like uh, you know, you had like 150. Yeah. So it was like a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Gus, what was, uh, what was your first WWDC? My first WWDC was actually here in San Jose. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but it was when they introduced Aqua. Um, you know, Steve Jobs was on wow. stage and they called it, he called it lickable, right? So that was, mm-hmm. was that like 2001, 2002 kind of area? Um, probably. I remember I was still at, working at the University of Missouri in Columbia and um, we had some regional reps and they just kind of liked me and a couple of my coworkers and they said, hey, you guys want to go? And we said, sure. It was back when Apple would uh, do everything that they could, could to get people to go to WWDC. And yeah, they would like call you and ask you to buy a ticket, right? right. It's like, hey, it's going to, you know, it's a month or two away. You thinking about going? And you would get <laughs> early bird discounts and stuff like that. That oh, wow. you know, does not happen anymore. But yeah. Yeah, Marco and I never had that experience, right? So 2008 was the first year it sold out. Yeah, and oh nine, it's it it sold out not incredibly quickly, but it was like within a day or so. Like it was it was not within minutes the way it is now. Yeah, I remember the first. Yeah, the way. way was, yeah. yeah, the way I recall it was in two thousand eight. It uh, it it sold out, but it would took a really it was really close. It was like a week before or something. Yeah, and then two thousand nine. Yeah, I think it was days or week. It, it took a while, and then it was just less and less. And then it was, yeah, the next year it was like an hour, and the next year it was like thirty seconds or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was that was it. Yeah, and it was effectively a lottery that year too, yeah. because the servers were just crashing, and some people were doing it and getting tickets, and other people like myself were just getting timeouts. And yep, me screaming too. Screaming at their computer. <laughs> yeah, so I think I've been to three or four now. Uh, Mark, you were saying earlier you've been to eight. Yeah, I, I, I went from 09 until last year, so however many that is, 09 through 16, mm-hmm. um, so seven, I guess. And uh, and this is the first year that I have not found myself a ticket in some way mm-hmm. uh, since I started trying, since I started going. And it's interesting being, you know, being on the other side of it again after, after you know, seven years in a row of, of having the ticket. How's that, how, what do you, uh, how, how's that feel? The reason I didn't, tr- I didn't even enter the lottery this year. Um, yeah, me neither. And and the reason why is because over the last couple of years, I have had more and more competing uh, commitments for my time at these kind of things because I'm also a podcaster, and so I'm, like I'm in the community, I do community events, I do live shows, and so I, and not to mention the fact that like I also want to have time to you know sleep. And, and do things like actually install the new SDKs and use them and start playing with them to see you know, what's new and what I have to do for the summer. Uh, and so I found basically just increasingly competing needs for my time during this week. And so the last couple of years, my attendance of how many sessions I would go to was decreasing. And last year, it got to a point where I went to almost none. And I just felt like it was a waste of a ticket. Like, not only was it a waste of my money on the ticket, but it was like, I would rather someone else get this, that slot that would actually take advantage and go to like every session as opposed to me having a whole ticket for myself and going to like, you know, one session a day and then having other commitments, you know, different podcast recordings or different events happening for the rest of those days and punching all these big holes through my schedule. So this year I decided, let me let somebody else get that ticket and I will, you know, save that $1,600 and spend it on a new laptop or something instead. <laughs> and, and I will, you know, do all my community events and, and have that ticket be better used by somebody else. Yeah, that makes sense. I did not. Uh, I've not gone into the lottery the last two years, but I, th- I think next year I might try. I feel like two years off is enough. I'm I'm ready to come back. Yeah, especially because uh, now it's different. Yeah, like now it's in a different location entirely, a whole different city, different venue, and so I'm sure in some ways it's the same. You know, I'm sure like a lot of the format. I mean, Gus, like you know, because you you have a ticket this year. Yeah. How? Because you you're the only one of the three of us who's actually seen this in person. Is it different? It's a little bit different. Um, the halls are the the rooms are certainly quite a bit bigger, but they seem to be getting smaller as the week goes on. So it started off um, like one room that used to be just giant for everyone, where the keynote was. We had that in the second day as well, but now it's like three rooms. So it's it's a little bit differently. The tracks are getting a little bit more detailed as the week goes on too. So in some ways, it's it's the same, but there's little differences. Mm-hmm. So the snacks are still the same. We still got Odwalla, you know, and and bad <laughs> food, but it, it feels like WWDC. Was there any uh, Strawberry Sea Monster this year? Um, or? I think there was, yes. Uh, Casey was complaining there's no Mango Tango, apparently. They eliminated his, his favorite flavor. <laughs> Monsters. Yeah. So, Gus, you said your first, your first one of these was in San Jose. Yes. How's it feel to be back? Um, it's actually kind of nice. It, it seems to have changed a little bit since I've been here last. Um, it feels like there's a lot more to do now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's certainly not San Francisco, but we were all pretty worried about what we were going to do in the evenings. And I think we've been able to figure out, you know, how to have a good time anyway. Yeah, I feel like more so even than other like conferences I've been to, I feel like the nightlife part of WWC is like really kind of a big part of the thing, right? Like the network, and like networking is a weird word to say, I feel like, because I just think of it's like hanging out with my friends. Yeah, networking is a really fancy way of saying drinking with your friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really drinking what this with is, my is drinking with your friends. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I feel like that's, that's such a big part of this, uh, you know, of this conference. Uh, yeah. that, networking yeah, is what we tell the bosses who pay for our tickets. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I was a little bit worried about that also, but I feel like we found some good places. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a good time. Yeah. yeah I, uh, honestly, I am very happy with it here. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, granted, I don't know what the city, you know, I, I have no previous experience with San Jose and I was never that experienced with San Francisco. And so I, I, I kind of have like an equal indifference towards the two places. Like, so it's mm-hmm. kind of in a weird way, makes me a little unbiased, I guess. And between the two, like for the purposes of the conference, you know, I don't really like to go very far. I don't want to have to like have to take taxis and stuff to different like faraway restaurants and things like that. I just want it. I, I want the area that I'm in to be you know close to the venue, close to the event spaces that the event, various events happen in, and close to enough restaurants and bars that I don't need to you know go anywhere else. And for that purpose, I'm actually really enjoying it here. I think this is actually better than San Francisco because even though San Francisco is a wonderful world class city in so many ways the area around the Moscone Conference Center is not that great. Not great. <laughs> it's crowded. That's one of the things that I've really noticed is uh, San Francisco, there's people everywhere. Here in San Jose, it feels so much smaller because you, yeah. you can walk you know, through the, uh, the streets and be able to see people far away and you see your friends or people you recognize. And Oh, oh yeah. Like I've run into you guys like everywhere yep. and uh, other people, uh, you know, Manton, Brent, every, everybody I, I know, uh, just, I'm just running into people where I feel like in previous years, it's been like a real struggle just to like see everybody I wanted to see because they could be like anywhere in this like four mile like radius basically. Um, yeah, I think the other thing, yeah, so I, I agree this, would you guys agree that the, it, it just kind of feels like this area in San Jose is maybe more set up for, to hold this sort of an event? Maybe. I mean, it's certainly, you know, there, like there's a lot it. of large hotels that mm-hmm. are really like the, the, the few blocks around here, there's like six or seven giant hotels and so that helps a lot. Like in San Francisco, they're a little bit more spread out, and they're and the ones that are nearest to the conference center are not very affordable. So not a lot of attendees can really stay there. Whereas here, it's not like it's super cheap, but it's cheaper or less horrendously expensive. And and there's so many great hotels that are right near the conference center, like within within one or two blocks. And also, there's tons of restaurants, tons of bars, tons of coffee shops, all right in this little dense area. It's much more walkable, and it's it, it, as you said, like you know, you really do see everybody. Like in San Francisco, you would see people in the Moscone Center, but then everyone was staying at such random, faraway, crazy hotels, and everyone would go to, go to such random, faraway restaurants and stuff that it, you really would not have a good chance of seeing everyone outside outside of the city or outside of the convention center. And also, you know, as you mentioned, like there are so many, or as Gus mentioned, there are so many other people there that like all the people you'd be passing on the street and everything would be people who were in San Francisco for some other reason. You know, it's a big city. It's a lot of people there. And here it really does seem like it's just us. And we're all within this really tight little area here. And everything is so nice and walkable. And I, I've had the same experience you have, Colin, of, of like s- just seeing people everywhere. Like, in San Francisco, I ate so many breakfasts alone in crappy little delis on the walk from the Park 55 to the Moscone Center because, like, I would, there were just, you know, everyone I knew was somewhere else and I'd, everyone around me was a stranger that I was seeing. And here, like, I don't even have to coordinate with my friends. I just go downstairs after I take a shower in the morning to the coffee shop that's right across the street and I run into people I know. It's, it's great. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I feel, feel like the last two years, I think you and I, Marco, have been like, we would see each other one time, yeah, at for the house five of, seconds at the House of Shields, yeah, at like one forty-five in the morning. Yeah, we'd shout at each other, trying to be heard for five seconds, and that'd be, it. yeah. Um, I can yeah. think of one drawback with San Jose, though. The bars close a lot earlier. They're yes. just not really set up to uh, for WWDC attendees, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I, I had been told. I, I, I don't know if this is entirely true because maybe they were just being nice, but. I had been told by a uh, one of the bartenders or owners or something at one of those places. I think the chieftain. They're like, this is by far biggest week of the year. <laughs> really, and I believe it. 
Um, so that's cool. So it seems like we're all like pretty happy with you know San Jose. I, I think I am. I uh, I think we've been going to uh, you know uh, yeah. I, I agree with you though. Some of these places close really early. Like there's this uh, paper kite place we've been going or something like that. Paper plane, yeah. Paper plane, yeah. Place closes at like. They start. They stop letting people in at like eleven thirty or something. Yeah, yeah. A lot. A lot of the restaurants we've been tried. We tried to go to like they. They their kitchens closed down at like nine or ten, and so it's hard to get a late night late night bite if you've been working all day, you know, doing stuff or everything. So it's it's a kind of thing like you know we'll get used to it. We'll figure we'll figure out what works. You know, this is like in San Francisco. So many of us were, have have been going there for so many years that like. You know, we knew what places to go to, and if we didn't, we could ask people who had been going there for years for the same conference what they go to, and we could go to the same places. Here, because you know, we because most of the people we know in our circles aren't familiar that much with San Jose, if at all, or this particular area of San Jose. Here, it's all new to us, so we we're still figuring this stuff out. We've only been here for like four days. You know, like I'm sure by the end of this week, we we're already going to know way more for future years about like how to do this correctly or how to optimize our time in San Jose than we than we you know. And eventually, like we're going to get to the point where we are just as good at figuring li- out late late night stuff here as we are in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's like learning a new language, right? Um, we're going to stink at it the first week, but <laughs> yeah. come back in a year, we're going to be pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. I mean, I feel like we're already a lot better at it than we were two days ago. So, you know, Marco, you and I have been coming for uh, almost a decade now, eight years. Uh, Gus, you've been a little bit longer. Um, how, like, let's start with you, Gus, because you've been coming for the longest how do you feel like the conference has like changed over the years? Um, well, people are a lot nicer now than they used to be. Um, I just remember one thing that sticks out in my mind at the last San Jose conference was they used to have these tables full of snacks. You know, we still have the big snacks and stuff like that, but people would walk up to them and just start shoveling stuff into their bags. People are a lot nicer now and don't really do that. Um, well, nobody I'm, wants a bag full of, like Skittles. Well, people <laughs> did. They, they used to have mountains of Krispy Kremes and stuff like that, oh, wow. too. It was um, a different, you know different quality snack, I guess you could say. Um, the other thing that we don't have anymore um, is obviously there used to be questions. And we had that in Moscone as well, too. After, at the end of sessions, you were allowed to ask the engineers or talk about bugs and stuff like that. And things used to get pretty heated, you know, in that as well. Um, and that was another thing that I, people are a lot nicer to the engineers these days, I think, too. Whereas before, they used yeah. to yell at them, you know. Well, because, oh, wow. yeah, like I, I was, you know, my first couple, they, they were still the Q&A. And I'm the only, the only like negative impression i got my first year in 2009 and i I even wrote a whole blog post about it was was that like i had this great week and there you know the sessions had q a and everything and the very last session on friday uh was the the like itunes connect session and that that was this Mm -hmm. was at the time you know if if anybody out there thinks that like app review and rejections are bad now it was way worse back then and there was a lot more tension about it the system was newer it was only a year old this, and this was like the first WBC since the launch of the App Store. So the 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 whole process of having to get approval uh, was still very new. We there was a lot of conflicts, a lot of controversial rejections back then. It's way better now than it was back then. And so at the session, uh, the very last session on Friday, you like they had the microphone set up for for Q and A, and but you could tell like it, it was starting to get tense, and the, you could tell the every person in the room was actually there not to hear about what to do with iTunes Connect, but was actually there to air some kind of grievance at the Q&A at the end of the session. And sure enough, as the session wraps up, the lines start getting massive behind the microphones in the aisles. You could tell this is not going to be a good time. And the end of the session wraps up incredibly rushed, and the presenters basically run off the stage, and there's no Q&A. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the room's like, "What's going on?" Like it was, everyone was so pissed, and I was pissed, and I wrote this big blog post about how like Apple's giving us the middle finger. Like that was a rough time, but I I see why they don't do the Q and A now in retrospect. Like I see why that makes sense now because like how many conference talks have you ever seen where the Q and A was actually a net win? It's always terrible. Yeah, like because yeah. like for every good question, there's six people who go up there and be like. Hi, my name is whatever, and I make this app, and I really want to talk about how great this app is. And they 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 spend like forty five seconds talking about themselves, and then you know another forty five seconds asking a question that like looking at the documentation for two seconds could answer this question. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, and like that. And that's the problem with Q and A. Like 
it would be great to be open to wonderful questions that would give good insight, but that's not usually what you get. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I feel like 2000, I remember that actually specifically, the one, the iTunes Connect thing. Uh, but I feel like, uh, yeah, 2009 or 10, right, was the last time they did that. And so I didn't yeah. really have a lot of experience with the Q&As before. Did you ever, was that ever better in the past? Were people more? It was way better in the past. Um, the one you mentioned, I think the session was only like 20 minutes long too, it right? Really, it was very yeah. fast. Um, that was probably the most heated one I've seen. Probably the most second most heated one was... Um, like going over human interface guidelines and probably the year metal was introduced, people were just angry. And I think those two sessions are probably what killed it. And the engineers were just tired of getting beat up. But in the past, um, I mean, when IPv6 was being introduced and stuff like that, people would be asking technical questions. And there were sometimes some of the best content of, of the whole conference, um, watching smart people go back and forth with the engineers. It was great. But those days are long gone. That's... Yeah, I don't. I don't have it to miss because I never experienced the the good days of that. But that that makes a lot of sense. Um, let me see what's next here. Uh, so, talked about what we think of San Jose. Uh, what do we? And I guess we also kind of talked about what we miss about San Francisco. Are there any other thoughts on San Francisco that we uh, that we miss or? Yeah, I, I really miss seeing people um, relieve themselves on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. That was always a wonderful part of San Francisco that was constant. Uh, I miss being harassed by random strangers on the street. I, um, I, I miss having to walk my friends home in groups because yeah. they were afraid they might be murdered. <laughs> yeah, I, I also miss having to wait for two hours on a line to get a decent cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. That, that was also a lot I, of fun. I miss good pizza. There's no good pizza here that I found. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I, honestly, I have I have really been very happy with like the food and drink situation here because like while the restaurants are mostly fine and not great, the coffee's actually pretty decent. And yeah, there's a Phil's uh, right over here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of now of uh, social policy. That's mm. like it's right at the foot of of the Fairmont here that we're recording in. Mm-hmm. It's like right next to it, and they have really good coffee and really good food. The only problem is they they you know their kitchen closes right after lunch, so you know you can't do like dinner and stuff there. But but it, for for breakfast and lunch, it's great. And, uh, and, and that's like a great place you could go hang out and see a bunch of people because it's right next to all these hotels everyone's staying in. Yeah, I've noticed the first day and the second day it was pretty easy to get in there in the morning. It's mm-hmm. not so much anymore. People yeah. are finding out about that place, so it's lines. Yeah, once the sessions start, it clears out, and then you can go down there. <laughs> For non-ticket holders, it's fantastic. Right. Oh, I bet. Yeah. When you go down there at like 9.30, it's great. Yeah, um, I was going to say also is uh, if we're calling out places that we like, I... Uh, I found this place. It's a vegetarian restaurant that also does like uh, fancy fancy beers. I'm not I'm not going to use the the artisanal word that they use, but uh, they they're a fancy beer slash vegan restaurant. I took a bunch of meat eaters there yesterday, and they all loved it. And it's called Good Karma. It's right on First Street over here, and uh, they do like plates. They're really fast too, which I mm-hmm. think is good. So I've been there like three times. I, I went there as well. It was pretty amazing, and the beer selection was. They had Boulevard beer from Kansas City, which is one of my favorite beers. So I was super happy about that. Yeah, I keep walking past that place, and and it's always it's always either really super crowded, so I so it's like there's no seating, or like it's a time of day that I can't really go. Uh, so I would also say like like right next to it or across the street is something called the Original Gravity Public House. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the it, your place is the is the like you know vegan awesome beer place. This is the opposite of that. This is, well, it's still awesome beer, but it's like bratwurst and sausages and like lots of meat things that <laughs> that that lots of meat food options like french fries and stuff like that and mm-hmm. grilled cheese like there are a few vegetarian things but it's mostly like sausages it, it's kind of like the hipster hofbrau house yeah and it's and also a very good beer selection and a lot of seating inside so you know it might be easier to get into at some points and i'm mm-hmm. a big fan of that place so i mean that's what i'm saying like i found within within 12 hours of being here I found great coffee. I found great beer. It's all within easy walking distance. And I haven't seen anybody take a dump on the sidewalk yet. So overall, I think this is a huge advantage over San Francisco. The week isn't over yet. You might That's still true. see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these, these iOS developers get pretty rough around Wednesday night. So <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count that out. Um, if we're calling out things we like this year also, this isn't a San Jose-specific thing. But have you guys been using this Beacon app at all? Yeah, that, I have. I, I've seen some of the things come up on that. It's it's a really neat idea. That was by Ashley. Um, yeah, Ashley Nelson Hornstein yes. and, and uh, Sarush. Yeah, yeah, Sarush Kenlu. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't used it yet, but I, I I saw it and it looks really cool. It's 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 great. It's just uh, you know I think there are 
they're going to have to probably update it to make some changes for it to be useful in any other context other than WWC because it's just like apparent, as far as I can tell, it's just one global list of things right now. Mm-hmm. So it's really just made for this conference right now, but I'm sure they'll add that. And uh, it's been great. Just like, like right before now, I, uh, I posted a beacon that, um, you know, that I'm like, hey guys, you want to go to Phil's? And uh, like two or three, uh, you know, friends and uh, just other people, a couple people listening to the podcast even <laughs> came over and uh, we had a chat. It, it was great. And, uh, you know, I did it like 15 minutes before I was going to be there. I mean, they might not even have to add more things to this. Like, you you have an app that has a enthusiastic customer base that is happy to pay for apps, and there's at least five thousand of them. Mm-hmm. That's you know, I know a lot of apps that have way worse numbers than that. <laughs> you know, like that's really not bad. No, that's that's absolutely true. I I guess my only feeling is I could think of other times that I'd want to use it besides once a year, right? Yeah, which is why I would like it to be. Uh, you know, expanded in that way. But no, I, I'm I'm really really finding that to be super great. I love how like you're gonna have a lot of links to the show notes for this episode, but it's gonna be like six restaurants and one app for this WBDC episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. Uh, so this is funny. What I wrote. Uh, so we we have one guest who's not here, uh, and 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 I won't say who it is, but um, him and I, I wrote favorite appropriate WWDC memories. <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought, because I, because I, uh, because sometimes him and I would have inappropriate, uh, non-podcast friendly mm-hmm. content. What are your guys' favorite uh, WWC memories you think of? I, I think a long time ago they used to have the rear bash at the Apple campus, mm-hmm. and um, that I really liked going on the campus and doing that, and it, they had really good food there back then too, and. We got to hear some some good music. I kind I wish they would. I mean, I understand why they can't do that anymore, but that's probably one of my favorite memories. Are they doing a bash this year? I think there is some kind of big party. I don't know if they're what they're, if they're calling it the bash. Are they? Yeah, it's 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 about like a quarter of a mile away or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is like Fall Out Boy or something playing something like that? I don't know. I'm so too I'm too old. So am I. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I did you guys notice, I think there was some point, this is very subtle, I never heard anybody mention it, but did you guys ever notice at some point they stopped referring to it as the beer bash? It just yeah, became the bash? The, or like the WDC bash. Yeah, I thought that was nice because, you know, not everybody not everybody drinks. Right, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very nice to be welcoming. And, yeah. and, and especially like, you know, ever since they started and really greatly expanded the student scholarship program, like there's a lot of people, a lot of attendees who are under 21. And so, and they can't drink if they wanted to. So like, it's nice to, you know, to be more inclusive. I, I think they realized that, you know, a few years back. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a great a great change. So very subtle. I never heard anybody mention it. Um, Marco, what's one of your favorite memories from previous years? It's it's honestly it's so hard to come up with them because like I, you know I, I've been coming here every, you know every year for so long and and I have so many great friends and great you know experiences. But one that came to mind recently was, um, and this is something that kind of can only happen here. Uh, I I was uh, walking around like between a couple or like there was a session where like there wasn't anything I wanted to see during that hour so I was going to take a break and go sit down in one of the lab spaces in Moscone and just like you know download the betas or whatever and uh, I, I walk over to the, to the area with all the little tables and Ethernet jacks and and I see sitting at one of the tables Dan Bricklin the inventor of the spreadsheet hmm. and <laughs> I'm like and he's sitting by himself. And he's, there's a lot of other people sitting like within 10 feet of this guy, and they have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I know who he is, so I'm going to go sit with Dan Bricklin. Yeah, VisiCalc, right? Yeah, VisiCalc, yeah. yeah. The first spreadsheet. Like, yeah. Kind of a big deal in, in the world of computing. Possibly one of the most important applications that's ever been written. Uh, that yeah, was, that's a, you can make a very good case for that. <laughs> yeah, they say that was the killer app for the Apple too, right? Like, that's what made it, it Not only, it was the killer app for the personal computer. Like, it was, like, that so many people got personal computers to make spreadsheets with VisiCalc. Like, that was what blew people's mind and what saved people tons of hours of time and made them want to buy these machines. Like, you know, all, all the, like, you know, the games and the playing around with basic and stuff were kind of secondary. Like, mm-hmm. this spreadsheet was, like, the first one that really made people want to buy computers and be able to justify buying computers yeah, in mass. This is the justification. It's like, we know computers are good with numbers, right? but what are we going to do? But this can save, like, like, you know, this could, like, save hours of time and reduce all the mistakes and everything. So, yeah. Inventor of the spreadsheet, pretty big deal. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I sat next to Dan Bricklin, and uh, this was uh, maybe five, six years ago, and, and he still makes apps. Like, at the time, he, he, was, he was making an app, I believe it was called Note Taker HD, 
and uh, and it was a um, it was a handwriting note taking app with a really cool uh, convention of like this kind of sliding window approach. Because the you know the problem at the time, like you know, th- this was before the pencil, of course, and mm-hmm. and I believe it was even right before the iPad. Um, and so, or it was it was soon the iPad was still young, so I think it was first made for the phone. And the idea was like you have your like big fat finger on this little phone screen, you can't really get like you know, small, precise handwriting input, you have, you know, you have enough precision to basically write, like, one giant word on screen, as if you're using a Sharpie with a, with a Post-it note. You know, like, you, you really have, like, you know, low resolution. So he, he devised this clever system uh, where it would kind of, like, ha- you would write at, like, full size on the screen with your finger, and it would, like, kind of slide this window along a line of a virtual page that was much larger. Neat. And so you, you could still write it at, like, precise high size but you were writing on a large canvas in this clever way Mm -hmm. um and 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 so i just you know and i knew i knew that app and sat down talked to the inventor of the spreadsheet for like 20 minutes and he was you know he's he's like a nerd's nerd like you could tell he, he like he make he's made stuff all these years because he loves making stuff and he's really good at it and he was happy to talk and happy to you know to to engage and to you know tell me answer all my ridiculous questions and i and i thought it was kind of amazing that here i am like at this conference talking to the guy who invented the spreadsheet uh and sitting in in this pool of other people around who had no idea who this guy was it, he was just a guy sitting next to them and the and like the opportunity to 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 meet people like that uh is is just incredible and that's something that really only happens here or or a very few very small number of other places in our industry mm-hmm. um and and so by not having a ticket this year i do kind of miss the opportunity for things like that uh but yeah that was that was one of my favorite memories i think yeah i think if i have to think back it's uh and it's interesting because it's something that doesn't exist anymore at the conference is um is uh when i went to stump the experts at a at a in 2009 and answered one of their questions and got a t-shirt and it was it was fun i uh, i missed that actually they don't do that anymore. What was the question? Oh, it was about some something on like NSURL connection or something where there were like two methods that sounded identical. And it was like, how are these different? And it was that one returns an object with some memory thing and the other like one would one returned an auto-released object and the other didn't, or something like that. What it was a like, terrible API. Yeah. yeah, I think I think actually the answer um uh, the answer someone gave, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I remember very specifically is they, is he stood up and he said, one of these has a documentation error and the other doesn't. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I remember hanging out with uh, Sorik from uh, Cydia, if you guys know him, uh, and you know some other people. And yeah, that was, I, I, I wonder how much of, uh, you know, a lot of my like, really strong memories are from 2009. I just wonder if it's because like, my first like, real time here. But, uh, you know, it's always been one of my favorite things to do every year is be able to come to this. Since you mentioned Stump the Up Experts, um, one of the greatest answers ever given, one of the questions was uh, Sarah Holbrook, who uh, eventually went on to work at Apple. At the time, she was a student, went up to the microphone, and you know, she asked everyone up there, she was like, why are there no women up there? Wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they invited her on up there, and then, yeah, she eventually That's went fantastic. on to work at Apple. Uh, yeah. It's an excellent question. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh so that actually got me thinking because you know Stump the Experts doesn't exist anymore, and uh, I noticed today that they uh, they put out a like you know they published who the winners of the ADAs this are this year are, but they uh, there there were no ADAs this year. What do you how do where do you guys feel about that? I, I've I was always one of the things I like to go to you know see everybody they did a little award show. It was bizarre. I mean we we didn't know it was coming, and it, it's kind of neat that they're doing it this way, I guess, because. Um, I think the evening activities are a lot more. It got kind of boring sitting in that room for a long time, just waiting for everything to go, and it was mm-hmm. just kind of weird. But I kind of like how they do it. Um, the winners still get their fancy cube and stuff like that, and we don't have to sit through it all um, <laughs> just to get to the the food and beer and drinks and stuff afterwards. So. Yeah, I think I, I the ADAs. I like. I have like a complicated mental relationship with them. I really want to win one. And it's stupid. I shouldn't care this much, but I really do care. But the but like, I'm probably never gonna have an app that is designed well enough to actually win one. I'm always gonna be like, you know, two thirds of the way there at best. You know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of scale. Because like, I see what wins. I know what it takes. I and I know I I am not quite capable of delivering that. Um, and that's fine. 
but I still kind of, re- I wish I could win one because I really want that cube. Um, ten, w- 10 years ago, you probably would have. Um, these days, yeah. ADAs have morphed into more of a, um, a political thing. I, and, I, exactly. And that's kind of, that's, that's kind of why I have complicated feelings. Like it seems like they really exist to serve, in a, to serve marketing priorities of each year. You know, so like certain like they there are certain apps types that they want to promote in certain years to show off their best new stuff or whatever else. You know, it's they're they're giving these awards in part to serve their own goals. Which isn't to say that the apps that have won aren't good apps. They're, right, they're great apps, but there's right. But like the selection criteria is not just like what are the best designed apps this year. You know, whatever that means. It's, off, it's an right. awfully broad question, right? Yes. But it's like there's there there are certain like areas of focus each year that, that they are trying to promote usually you know related to like their newest devices or their their newest api you know things or you could tell what the agenda was going to be for apple the year that it was 99 percent games that won adas exactly mm-hmm. and and it really and this year i think it was it was even still mo- i think it was like two-thirds games this year i mean the fact is it's mostly games most recent years and and while i do think that games should be considered for design awards i'm not sure that they deserve the the amount of prevalence that they get in the ADA you know winners and so you know it's it, that's why I, I kind of have this complex feeling about it like I really do want to win one because I it really is a big honor but it's not quite as like pure of an honor as I would like it to be because it isn't it isn't quite decided based on what I think it should be decided on which mm-hmm. is you know it's it's a, you know it's a stupid like personal complaint that you know that doesn't make them any less valid for everyone else but it makes it, it complicates my feelings of them yeah, and two thoughts of which I think I can only remember one at the moment. Maybe the other will come back to me. Which is the we first could drink one more is, beer. We could drink more beer. That probably helped. Uh, but my 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 one of my thoughts was that I think your app is very well designed, Marco. I think it maybe isn't the kind of design that would win an ADA right. in this in this year. But I I think like you know for your users like when I uh, when I talk to people about like apps that I think are well designed, like yours is actually one of the ones I bring up a lot. Because you managed to make something where, like, you're actually doing a lot of really non-standard stuff in that app, but it still feels like a very, like, standard, you know, citizen mm-hmm. of the, uh, you know, of the, uh, you know, of the platform. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's like, and that's that's like, I am very happy to just have an app that some people consider well designed. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's enough for me because I am not a trained designer. Like, I feel honored that I can do most of my own design and have it turn out okay. Uh, but it's still like it's still like the stretch goal in my head. It's, it's kind of like, like, like before Steve died, I always really wished that I would get some kind of contact with him, even something stupid like a simple little one-liner email. Or and, he'd and, fire you in an elevator, maybe. Yeah, like something like, I, and it, you know, it was the, you know, I had this like this weird kind of like you know, uh, you know, probably like idolization father figure kind of thing. Like I really, I really wanted some kind of like acknowledgement that Steve knew I existed for a split second, mm-hmm. and. And that never came, and, and now he's gone. And and so I feel like the ADAs are kind of like the last bastion of that feeling of like, give me some recognition from from Apple, you know. But but in I know that's you know professionally that's that's kind of childish and unnecessary and not really how things work anyway. Uh, but it's just like the little like last bastion of that feeling from like being like a super fan from early on, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just and always kind of being on the outside. I remember my that that makes a lot of sense. I also remembered my other thought, nice. which was I know I'm pretty excited. So Gus, it seems like you if you got that cube, not getting to walk up in front of everybody isn't a big deal for you. You're just happy to have the cube. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean I'm never gonna get the cube. So I but I I fantasize, you know, about being up there, tr- yeah. tripping, sweating, falling over or something, you know. <laughs> so I you know, I'd rather get it now than I would then possibly. And and Mark, so I feel like for me, if I was going to get a cube, I would. Uh, I, I feel like I would prefer the one where they march you up in front of everybody and talk. You know, and you 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 say you thank them, they thank you, and that whole thing, and everybody claps for you. At the same time, though, like so, like you know, I've I've now what did I say? I've been there like eight times, seven times, but however many mm-hmm. tickets I've gotten, every year I go. Uh, every year I've had a ticket. I the 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 day of the ADA ceremonies. I think I'm going to go to the ADAs tonight. I've never gone, mm-hmm. and not once. I've never seen the ADAs or stumped the experts. And because and every time I, I intend to go, and then the time rolls around, and I have, I have something else. Like, my friends are like, hey, we're going out to dinner. I'm like, okay. And, I just go, and like, it, it's always like, I'm always very willing to just skip it. 
And maybe the reason they didn't have the ceremony is that it's really hard for a lot of people to justify sitting around waiting for a you know long, boring ceremony for like two hours or whatever it is. You know, like I, I see why they didn't do the ceremony. Also, it appears that they might have bumped it for Michelle Obama, which is a pretty great reason to bump it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would. Uh, I mean, I didn't get to see that. How, how was that? Do you saw Michelle Obama? Didn't you? Guys? Yeah, it was fun. It was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, it's hard to describe. She told some stories about her time in the White House, and you know, mm-hmm. and with Barack, and what they're doing now. And it was all pretty interesting. They just sort of popped a trivia game on her at the end too, which is kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. So it was. I really liked it. What was the trivia game? Well, they would show up. They would put up pictures of her in different situations in the past, and she would describe what was going on. Nice. Yeah, she she had to remember what was happening, and, nice. you know, not she, knowing what was coming, which I really don't think she did. I, she's got a good memory. Yeah, she seems like an amazing person. Yeah, I, I would. That that's actually probably like one of the biggest reasons I would have liked to have had a ticket this year. That and also those jean jackets are much nicer than the weird windbreakers they normally give us. Way nicer. That I've I've I have the same two regrets about this year. I regret not seeing Michelle Obama. We didn't, and we, we knew about neither of these things ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I regret not getting the awesome new swag because the the weird like track jackets they've given us for the last four years or so, like they are the worst of everything. They they are not warm, but if you put them on, you will sweat immediately. It, mm-hmm. It's really like kind of the worst fabric uh, of all kinds. They're not cool looking. No. Yeah. I still, can, I still have my 2010 jacket that was mm-hmm. a good year for a jacket but what's really cool this year even more than the jackets i think are the uh little pins they gave us yeah those yes. are those are really neat yeah they're like little like they're like little like almost like icon pins like emoji and all, yeah yeah and and it's all like the apple icons of different things mm-hmm. and they're all a little bit different sets yeah they're like random they're, so you've got to trade with people to get what yeah. you want oh that's so cool i didn't actually i didn't know that but then they also uh gave everybody a country pin too. Yeah, yeah, like what what country you're from, and, and they yeah. actually verified like you know you couldn't just pick one randomly. They actually made you pick the correct one, hmm. and and so, so you couldn't just like go get like some cool country. So they so they said there were like seventy five different countries uh, represented this year, right? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, a, a lot. Do you think so? If there's one of those countries that has like one person here, do you do you think Apple made a pin for that one person? Probably they probably have pins for like because you know they know who bought the tickets yeah so like they probably just they probably just made pins for all the countries you know and yeah. or all the ones that had a reasonable chance of showing up <laughs> it might have been hand painted but yeah yeah right. <laughs> yeah that's 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 what I was thinking there's I think somebody it, with a sharpie like <laughs> making yeah. it right as you check in yeah. yeah I think I think they definitely would have done that but uh, yeah. I, you know yeah, it would that, be awesome if that one person got one personalized one from Johnny Hive oh yeah it would just be white, white. yeah <laughs> just a white circle <laughs> that's no perfect. ports. Yeah, uh, I noticed that, that uh, you know they they actually released some new hardware, but we did not get the Johnny Ive video talking about how you know the essence of the aluminum was the essence of the thing and all that. We didn't get the White World video at all. We got very few videos. Very few videos. Yeah, I actually like that. I, I think they've been relying a little too heavily on the videos in recent years, and it was nice to see them pull it back a little bit. Because like when you watch the video, like it's, some of it's cool. There's some information in there usually, but it feels more just like you're being shown a TV commercial. And, and so it was nice to leave more of the time for the humans on stage telling you things mm-hmm. it, it makes it feel less like we're cheering at commercials yeah, yeah and for uh you know and i mean they started with such a good one i i feel like we all really love oh, that geez that yeah that like apps end of the world apocalypse video that i found that really weird it, and it, it was painful to watch it, like and the whole time I'm, I'm thinking like apple's reputation with server reliability and services is really not strong why would they show would a video they that that uh, makes fun of you know a, a theoretical world in which they're bad at services and it takes down everyone's phones, and and to imply that if Apple screws up their services, that all the things will be deleted off your phone, like this is not inspiring confidence. <laughs> this is like Google could do that maybe they could pull it off because they have a strong reputation of the area like they, they can make fun of themselves in that way because everyone knows it's just a farce. But for Apple to do it, I think is, uh, I, I think it was awfully uncomfortable. I kind of had the reaction that you had at the beginning of the video, and then I sort of remembered, well, we had this last year too, and we got through it. You know, I'll, I'll be able to get through this <laughs> one again, and it, and it was all right. The show went on. I wonder, like, who is it that thinks that's funny? Is it, it like yeah. does Tim have a really weird sense of humor or something? Like, does, I, I feel like somebody really high up must have a really weird sense of humor and <laughs> just to get some of these like really like corny <laughs> videos and skits through. 
I I didn't understand the joke, really. I didn't understand what was supposed to be funny, who was supposed to appeal to. I it, don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. It's like, we're going to show this not funny thing to a room full of people who know that, not, that it doesn't work this way at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was a very strange choice. Uh, so, my next question on my list of dots is, it's called a bullet, bullet points, that's what they're called. Uh, well, bullets is, are so violent, we can call it a list of dots. Yeah, it's a list of dots. I agree. Uh, how do we? Uh, all right, so we're what? We're, so we've talked about how WT's changed over the years, right? And um, it's changed a lot, right? What would we like to see change in the future? What would we like to see be different? I mean, I feel like I'll, I'll throw one out. I think I'd like to see Apple continue, uh, you know, bringing up more new faces during the keynote, especially yeah. more diverse faces. But what what are some other things we'd like to see change about the conference? Um, from a purely selfish technical standpoint, um, I would like to see the engineers here longer, you know, during the day. Cause I, I, I might talk with some engineers on Monday and then they're gone the rest of the week maybe, you know, and it's like, no, wait, oh, I've got a new idea, you know, and I just want to go in and drop in. So it seems like they got room to do that some more, you know, bring it they're just a couple of blocks away, right? Cupertino's not too far. So they should yeah, just be no. able to drive down here more often. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because like, like I know that. You know, they that we've we've known from friends and everything that this really is a really big deal for them to put this on every year, and it's mm-hmm. a huge burden on their engineering staff to like have to ship a bunch of people up to San Francisco in the past and and have them like not be working on other stuff during that time. But I do feel like now that they're here, like the cost of that have been substantially reduced. So it would be nice to have more of that because they have to contend also with like, you know, as as more and more people have have been able to access things like sessions and, and you know that are being live streamed and they're being videos are they're being published very quickly which didn't used to happen you know the videos used to take months to come out or mm-hmm. weeks at, you know and then now, now they're immediate. coming out like the next day or immediately mm-hmm. um and so like as as the actual like content of the sessions has become more available and therefore less exclusive to attendees then i think they have to make sure that it's still worth going to and attending the conference so they so things like labs and engineer uh availability anything they can do to boost that or to make that accessible to more people i feel like would have a really big benefit to attendees and, mm-hmm. and would give more and more people uh, you know justification to incur the the substantial expense of coming out here for a week and 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 getting that ticket and everything um and and beyond that i i, I agree with you like you know supporting basically supporting more diversity um mm-hmm. there's you know, the, our industry has a massive diversity problem, and, and there it's it's a it's a big problem that's hard to solve. And there's no one silver bullet that we need to do, but there's a lot of small things we need to do. And and, and one of those would be to just make conferences like this accessible and welcoming to more kinds of people. And there's lots of ways to do that. Um, you know, definitely, you know, not only socially acceptable changes. But also making it financially more accessible to people, mm-hmm. um, you know. So at, through the scholarship programs, through you know, or working with hotels to get cheaper rates, things like that. Those will all have really big benefits. Yeah, and I think they've done some of those things. They I mean, have, yeah. And just any expansion, I'm saying, would be really nice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the last three years have really been going the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last time it was in San Jose. It was just a sea of white dudes, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's definitely gotten better over time. Yeah, speaking of someone who's uh, not a white dude, I was really sad to hear the um, the woman who did the Apple Music stuff last yeah, year. Bozma St. John? Yeah, yeah her. Uh, yeah. I was really sad to hear that she's leaving. Yeah, that's really unfortunate because she was a great presenter. Yeah, she was fantastic last year. Yeah, the, I would say she was the only great presenter that Apple Music has ever had. I was going to say, she made, Apple, she, she made the Apple Music portion seem exciting uh, that that might have been the hardest job on that stage yeah and she killed to, it to recover from eddie q and johnny iovine and drake and that, that massive like parade of train wrecks I'm, I'm i'm a little bummed about it but at the same time i think it's a good thing if she can go to uber and kick them into shape and you know apple's yeah. somebody has to yeah somebody has to if they if you can uh, branch off a little part of apple and make a more diverse workspace somewhere else yeah. i think that's a good positive outcome overall yeah, yeah, I noticed Eddie didn't make a appearance this year either. I am very disappointed to hear that. Mm-hmm, me too. I think you're lying. <laughs> the only, I think my biggest disappointment is that we we had no way to see who wins the bets on how many shirt buttons would be unbuttoned. <laughs> we all had to just like you know cancel those bets. Yeah, we we I everything I hear about Eddie, he's, he's a good guy from what I hear, but 
his his talks do go on a little bit too long. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, I feel like all the executives have like their like stage personas when they're in keynotes, and you know, God knows what their actual personalities are like. But but they're, they're certainly their stage personas are are such that Eddie is pretty low on my desirability list of who yeah, I want to see on stage. I would say I'm sure he's great at his job, and I'm sure he's uh, a great person to yeah. meet. But yeah, his uh, his his stage persona is maybe not my super favorite. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, it's I feel like the you know the conference the 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 keynote always has to walk a bunch of hard lines to walk, and you know they're trying to make something that is interesting and engaging and a little bit funny here and there to a ridiculously wide audience, and it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like like network TV comedy is always so bad, mm-hmm. you know, because it has to appeal to so many kinds of people and not offend anybody. And not seem you know rude or too juvenile or or too corny or too anything really, and so it's really hard to to figure out a stage persona and to to like you know script these demos and remarks. And I'm I'm pretty sure they're all very heavily scripted <laughs> and rehearsed. And 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 it's, I'm a hundred percent certain they are. Yeah, but like it's it's really hard to do that in a way that is that remains engaging without like you know offending anybody. Um, but also without being too corny, and also while delivering the message they're trying to deliver about marketing these new products and things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they definitely have good and they have successes and failures on those goals in, in different different presentations for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Gus, you're going to the conference proper, but uh, Marco, I know I heard you talk somewhere about getting a ticket for Layers. That's right. What do you think of the? Uh, what do you guys think they uh, they promoted the? third-party conferences a lot more this year. I don't know if you guys have made it to any, you know, a lot of those talks or anything, but what do you think of that? I think it's really great that, first of all, it's great that these exist at all. You know, the, mm-hmm. this, and this started out, you know, a few years ago when it started so aggressively selling out that a lot of people could not get tickets. Yeah, and then it was Alt WWDC, right? Right. Yeah. So like one. Alt started first, and now it's renamed to AltConf mm-hmm. uh, for you know good reasons. <laughs> yes. And um, so that 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 was kind of the I think the first like literally alternative community uh, conference that would that was you know held in the same place, uh, uh, held like next door or down the street from WWDC, mm-hmm. um, which was great because like that gave people a reason. If they if they wanted to be in town without a ticket anyway, which is something that you know some people always did, um, but you know certainly it wasn't as common as it is now. Um, it gave them a reason to be in town, and maybe a reason to get their employer to pay for their ticket out here and stuff like that. So it you know it it broadened the number of people who could reasonably be in this place in this time in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know later on we've had a few other conferences join it such as layers which is great um and uh coco conf next door did did one yep. uh this year and there've been a couple others you know here and there as well and so like it's great that these exist and and then yeah last year was i think the first year that apple started actively promoting them mm-hmm. you know at first apple was kind of hostile towards them yeah i remember coco conf i think booked next door to the and they to moscone one year or something like that and like apple had they got him kicked out yeah, yeah, they yep. like yeah, they the story was they like they kind of like, you know, sat on the on the the hotel or whatever and kind of pressured them to cancel it and they did. And that's quite a change though in like yeah. 3 years or whatever, right? You know, Apple Apple is a very opinionated company. Mm-hmm. And and they they do sometimes change their mind. They you know, or they have yeah. or they they you know, or the conditions change that led them to those decisions or whatever else. I think at first they were probably concerned more about things like trademark infringement, like with Alt WBDC, yeah. you know, being you know, and you know things like that. Like they were like these people are ripping us off or fooling people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that was probably the prevalent attitude at first, and then I think they they, you know, over the next year or two, I think they cooled off and realized like not only is this something that we shouldn't fight, but this is actually helping us, and we should probably you know promote this and facilitate this, and and that's what they've done over the last few years, and I think that's gone very, very well. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a service to the community. It makes everything better, you know? Yeah. And I, Apple was probably a little bit threatened at first, you know, because they, they don't know what's going to happen. But the first yeah. couple of years, you know, nothing bad happened. So yeah. let's embrace it. Why not? Yeah, I think it's been great. I didn't. I haven't gotten a chance to go to Lairs yet, but I think I'll maybe try and do that next year. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard it's really, really great. And it's not, and Lairs is also especially, you know, like Alt, AltConf is, and, and CocoConf are... are also developer conferences. Layers is a design conference. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to also, like, now, if you're a designer with an interest in this world, you now have a professional reason to be here, too. Like, you can you can come out and be part of the WBDC 
you know, event and crowd and, and time of year, and you, you can be part of this community, even if before it would be really hard for you to justify coming out here because you weren't a developer. Now, if you're a designer, you can join too, because now there's also a design conference happening at the same time. Uh, and it's great. It, it's, again, like anything we can do, because the fact is, like, you know, Apple has always appealed to a wide variety of people, mm-hmm. not just nerds, not just business people. Like, it's always been a huge variety with the whole, like, you know, liberal arts thing. And, you know, they, they do a pretty good job of that. You know, there's designers, there's musicians, there's artists, all, you know, all, all, everyone that they like to tout. And, you know, that's, and so anything we can do, again, to improve the diversity of this community and, and to, enable people who want to be here and be a part of it to be a part of it, uh, I think is beneficial. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, having a, having a side conference happen, which is, um, you know, having another conference here happen, which is not just geared towards the people who would otherwise be going to WWC is really great because, yeah, maybe brings more diversity too. you know, different kinds of people do different things, maybe exactly. or something. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's fantastic. So, uh, so I think, we, you know, think we're coming up on an hour or so so maybe we wrap up uh here so what i wanted to ask you guys uh finally is you know we all watched this keynote and everything we saw uh, maybe you guys seen a state of the unions or whatever what are you most excited about from this year um during the talk show craig referred to high sierra he said you could almost call it snow sierra and i kind of like that it's going to be refinements this year i think it's it's good to step back and do that every once in a while. And nothing earth-shattering, but it's great for developers. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I've kind of had, honestly, the same opinion of the iOS releases. Um, you know, for, for some apps, there's a lot to do. I really thought that Overcast would have the Siri audio intent this year to, that's to do. That's a bummer. It is a bummer that I don't have it, but it also means I don't have to do it. Um, so it, it's kind of a mixed blessing. I really do want them to add that. But because they haven't yet added that, that's a major item that I thought would take up a lot of my summer and fall that now won't. Um, so that frees up this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I can work on other things. I can do refinements. I can maybe you know finish my Mac app or something. You know, not, not for Overcast. Don't get your hopes up. My Mac encoder and chapter tool for MP3s. Um, so you know, th- you know, there's other things. Now I have. I basically just got a bunch of time back because mm-hmm. while they did do a lot of things that are great for a bunch of apps. Most of them are not particularly useful for my app, mm-hmm. um, so it's going to be you know a summer of refinements, and that's pretty nice sometimes. <laughs> no, that, that that makes sense. So I'm going to pull out something different then, since you guys both uh, you know said you're excited about that they're taking a little bit slower pace this year and doing. <laughs> we both basically said we're excited about nothing. <laughs> yeah, you. Both, but I uh, I don't know if I'd say I'm like I I'm kind of I'm I'm excited they're getting into the uh, the, the the tube market. Yeah, that they're fine, yeah. that they're doing something. Um, I, I mean, I kind of feel like this first version is going to be a little like minimum viable tube for them, <laughs> in that it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like they took a Sonos Play One and an Amazon Echo and then put them together and are charging you for both. Yeah, that's basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that setup where they said, "Oh, you're going to have to spend seven hundred dollars to get the quality that we have." That was a little fictitious that that was that was audacious yes. <laughs> yeah i i give them credit for having the courage to to say yes, that yes <laughs> i'm sure it's great i'm sure it's going to be worth every it, yeah because i love my airpods so much and if this is half as quality as the airpods then i think it'll be yeah. a good deal. and the fact is i have a sonos play one and an echo right next to each other on my kitchen counter and I really don't like that I have these two different devices because each of them sucks at something else that the other one is good at. Mm-hmm. And so I actually would love this product. You know, if it's if it's at all functional mm-hmm. as as a home assistant type thing, you know, cuz like, you know, we we basically only use the Echo and never use the Play 1 because the voice control is so convenient that it it I'm willing to tolerate the crap sound that that the Echo has. Yeah, me too. Uh, because you can just say you know, hey, name a thing, play Weezer, and it just plays it, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so much better than having to navigate like the custom Sonos app and and browse their library thing, and it's just so much faster, more convenient, and hands free and phone free. So, to have a product that potentially combines the advantages of both of these things is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it is Apple in a very AI and services heavy area. So I do have some concerns, like you know, will Siri be reliable enough, and and will be will Siri be consistent enough to be able to do this product well? And that's a that's still a big question mark. For me. Yeah, definitely. A, I mean, I just don't think we're going to know until we see it. Exactly. Uh, I I'm always a little bit unclear of how much of 
I think a large part of Siri is sometimes just that it, uh, you know, it's working on your phone's microphone. I'd like to see like, you know, like with the AirPods, it's pretty reliable more so yeah. Uh, as far as just hearing you correctly and doing the right thing. Uh, so I'd like to see, you know, with this, uh, if they can overcome some of the problems they've had in the past. But uh, yeah, I, um, I think I'm definitely going to get one. What color do you guys like? I like white. I think the white looks cooler. Yeah, for the for the, for where we're at, like I'm probably gonna put it right where those are in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. white looks better in kitchens usually. Yeah, I'll be going black. I don't know. I feel like if it's going like in a living room, black is the way to go. Yeah, but if it's going like in a kitchen or something, white. Yeah. Bonus follow up question: What's your favorite Weezer album? It's gotta be the Blue album. Come yep, on, the Blue album. I mean, like Weezer has a number of decent albums. At least um, two. Yeah, but <laughs> that's we can all agree on at least two. Yeah, <laughs> beyond right. that is questionable. Um, but. And, and I love Pinkerton. You know, yeah. that, that's obviously the number two. <laughs> I, I, I love Pinkerton. It's a great album. But the Blue album, I think, is the only one where I can play it straight through and I don't want to skip a single song. It's just, it, it, and, it, and I, it is so representative of its time. Like, I'm not sure you could pick another album from the mid 90s. It came out in 94. I don't think you can pick another album from that era that is, that is both so representative of the time. And also, such a great album, every track all the way through. Yeah, yeah it really holds up. That was the correct answer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> of course. So I want to thank both of you guys for, uh, you know, for joining. And uh, maybe we say how people could find you. I'm CC Gus on Twitter, and my website is shapeof.com. You can listen to me talk very little about things. Mostly pizza, right? Mostly pizza. Mostly pizza. And Marco, how would people find you? Uh, marco.org is a website that I should update more often and I'm Marco Arment on Twitter cool and if you'd like to find me I'm at Colin Donnell on Twitter you can follow The Run Loop at The Run Loop and uh, you can if you'd like to support the show you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash Colin Donnell uh, thank you guys for joining and thank everybody else for listening thanks Colin yeah, thanks for having us <laughs>